Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In the fall of 1987, four men find themselves reunited with childhood friends for the first time in ten years. They are drawn together by the mysterious death of a mentor they all cared for together as children. World of Darkness, The Ultimate Evil is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game that takes place in Bismarck, North Dakota and is inspired by the satanic panic of the 1980s. Remembrance is the first story arc that follows Alex, played by Adam B., Wayne, played by Adam C., Che, played by Andrew, and Michael, played by Slavic, as they discover the mysteries that surround them in their hometown. If you would like to contact us, you can reach us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the introduction video for World of Darkness Ultimate Evil. For those of you who are watched the vampire game that I run called Vampire Masquerade Twin Cities by Night or War is on Fire, welcome. To those of you who are just like, hey, I saw a World of Darkness video, I want to check this out, welcome. <laughs> the reason that why I'm doing this, because I want to kind of talk about my themes I want, the inspirations I want, the story behind it, what my plans are with it, as a, like a way for you guys can watch this and you can decide, hey, this is a game that I would like to, some game play I would like to listen to. Or, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just let this one pass, which I perfectly understand. Yeah, that, that's why I want to do this. That's why I kind of like these intro videos to save you guys time. It gives me a chance to express what my motivations are. So for those of you who don't know, I'm kind of a, I consider myself an RPG poser, a tabletop RGB poser. I played Vampire for a couple of years, Vampire the Masquerade for a couple of years from like 99 to 2001, completely gave up. RPGs after that. Eight months ago, I just got a wild hair up my ass and, and decided to get into it again. And I started up a Vampire the Masquerade, Twisties by Night. But this year, I was like, man, you know, I start collecting old World of Darkness books again. And I was like, I really want to start running other games in the World of Darkness line and kind of have them be connected to the same continuity as Twin Cities by Night, but not in a crossover fashion where like there's going to be like mages and werewolves and vampires and wraiths and whatever working all together or even talking to each other. That's not the case. I just want overall just a continuity, man. That's, that's, I, I like the feeling of continuity, uh, you know, and, 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 and making things feel like they're connected, especially for people who play in the game and the people who thankfully and I appreciate watch our games. I originally was thinking about this game to be a Hunter the Reckoning game. Uh, that would be in modern day Bismarck, North Dakota. But some of the players kind of expressed they weren't too interested in playing Hunter the Reckoning. And I thought about running a normal mortal game uh, using the Hunters Hunted and other such rules. But I really found like I couldn't find any. Ma- I don't want to say there's material there in the old world of darkness to run a mortal game. I just couldn't find inspiration from it. I have inspiration for the story I want to tell, but not just the inspiration for the game in itself. And it was really frustrating, you know, because I'm having these ideas for just a normal mortal game that would tie into themes that are in our vampire game. And I just didn't have an outlet. So I was talking to Slavic, who plays William, uh, the venture in our vampire, the masquerade game, who's kind of like the rules lawyer of the group. He's guy, the guy's brilliant when it, when it comes to a lot of things, but especially, uh, his knowledge of white wolf games and Onyx path games. So I was telling him like, man, I'm just, frustrated and he started talking about the new world of darkness the world of darkness book first ed and i don't know anything about new world of darkness i mean i know about requiem and all that stuff and how it's different i know that i know over 
know, just overall general uh, knowledge of it, but I, I've never played the games or read any of the books. They start telling me about just the mechanics and just like, I'm like, wow, this is like the, this is what I want. And, I, and at first it was like a slight hesitancy to like want to jump into running a game like that because I felt, oh, it's not in the old world of darkness. I can't connect it. But then I thought that's just complete bullshit. If I want to run a game like, you know, world of darkness and have like loose continuity, I'm not talking about mentioning Camarilla or, or any of that jazz, but maybe mortal names that are heard in there or just so, stuff like that. I could do it because I'm the storyteller and that's the magic of the storyteller system. So I thought this is a game that I could run in between uh, when we have large breaks, like a month or more. And I, the one thing I really wanted about this game was I wanted this game, I want this game to not be dependent upon the same player showing up every time. And I don't want a huge, like you see these online communities, which is pretty badass that they do that. I don't want anything like that where you just have, you know, online with 30 people playing in the same game or anything to that extent. But I want my players that they want to play and like, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in with the character I made or whatever. And I don't want it to be, um, obviously there's going to be a plot to it. And I'll talk about that later. I want it to be where like, yeah, it's relaxed. It can go there. They can make this mortal character. That mortal character can grow. You know, if they, uh, you know, are having a hard time, they want to go to a bar and have a drink. We can, we can see where that goes, you know, to, to that extent. Have it somewhat be sandboxy, but still have a general overall structure to it, I, I suppose. Eventually, so I decide I, I bought the book. World of Darkness first edition, totally impressed by it. And I decided I wanted to run a game. So Slavic, who plays William in the venture game, and Adam, a buddy of mine, uh, who I met online when getting into White Wolf again, who's playing Mitch on the Sabat game that we just did character creation for. You can see the video on the channel. Are gonna are gonna be two players running it. And we you know, we said, hey, if the next time we run it, which may be a month or whenever we have an uh, open time period. If none of the other players still don't want to play in it, we can vet people online and kind of let them know, hey, this we don't play on a set schedule, but you'll get two weeks in advance. So, so I end up deciding to run a game that takes place in Bismarck, North Dakota, in 1987, using the World of Darkness first edition rules. Why Bismarck, North Dakota? Why 1987? Well, let me tell you why. I lived in Bismarck, North Dakota for four years, from 1987 to 1991, which were pretty formative years in, in my childhood. My family, both my parents, even though I was a military brat, were from North Dakota. Folks split, mom moved there, and that's why. Dealing with the theme that I want to deal with, Bismarck was actually kind of a hot, not a, a, a hotbed for this, I guess. So in the 80s, for those of you who don't know, and a lot of you people who do know about the 80s who are going to remember this are going to probably crack a smile, but it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. The, what was called, uh, the satanic panic, where basically people saw Satanism behind every shadow being responsible for a lot of crimes, a lot of heavy metal music was, was, was the target of it a lot. You know, some bands like Slayer openly played into that you know, weren't saying this, but you know, so on and so forth. We can talk about music history later. Judas Priest went to, got sued by a family who said when they played one of the records backwards, that convinced their son to kill himself saying it was just really odd time. But when you're um, at that time, what was I 10 to 14 years old? It's a really like impressionable age, not saying like I believed it, but it scared the shit out of me, to be honest with you. You know, at this point, I'm getting into like Metallica and, and, and Megadeth and, and all these, you know, bands that you listen to then going into, you know, friends are a couple years older and seeing like an evil Eddie poster from uh, Iron Maiden and, 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 and stuff like that. And just being like, oh, wow, just having a sense of fear, but rebellious in the same it was a really hot topic. You can go YouTube, Geraldo Rivera. He had a, a special where he was like investing, gaining satanic crimes, had like these quote unquote Satanist kids who would like flip out when some priest held a cross to them. Ozzy Osbourne was on there to convince the world that he wasn't a Satanist, even though he, you know, bit like a bat's head off or, or whatever the whole story behind that. 
And Bismarck, believe it or not, was really impacted by this because of this book that came out in 1987 called The Ultimate Evil. So what's this book about? It's written by a guy named Mari Terry, M-A-U-R-Y, Terry, T-E-R-R-Y. It's basically a book. Uh, by the way, I, I, all these books I'm going to show you, I don't believe any of it, but it's great material for storytelling and a uh, horror conspiracy game. But uh, in this book, a case is basically made uh, laid out where the son of Sam killer from New York, who was also known as the 44 caliber killer in uh, New York City, uh, didn't act alone. And that basically he was part of a satanic cult. Uh, that reside in New York City that had ties to North Dakota and California. Ties, uh, basically that a lot of influential people are impacted by this. It says crazy stuff about like child, um, prostitution rings because of this stuff and drugs and snuff films. And, and, uh, the reason why Bismarck was kind of in it was a, there was a young lady who was killed on the campus of Stanford College in California after only being there for a few months because her husband, who she just got married to, was going to school there, was found uh, murdered and 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 raped in a, in a church there, which is really sad because the crime to this day is still not solved. It's a cold case, but she was from Bismarck, North Dakota. This writer wants people to believe that she was killed by a satanic cult and that she had done something in Bismarck, North Dakota to upset a, a satanic cult that resides there. He says that there's influential people. And so this book, when it came out, and I remember this uh, in 1987, just blew everyone's their lids off in Bismarck. You'd go to the grocery store, and I remember this book would be out there, but it had a different cover. It had like a German Shepherd with this like crazy, like like it was going to attack you out of the book. At least that's how I remember it being ten. Because in the book, I didn't know because I haven't read. I didn't read the book until like a month ago. They say that German Shepherds are the dog of choice to be sacrificed by Satanists. Yeah, so I remember walking by as a kid, seeing like shit on the local news, just like hearing my mom and my grandmother who are Italian Catholics like talk about it. And there's me like, Oh my God. Oh my God. This is crazy stuff. And so I even remember being a kid and like, you know, being a kid, like a kid in the eighties, getting on my BMX bike, riding around and like finding like an area, like, I don't know about like a sewer pipe or something like that. And seeing like a pentagram spray painted and thinking, Oh my God, there was like crazy Satanists here. And it, you know, just scaring the shit out of me to be honest with you. So, uh, uh, I want, I want, I wanted to run a game that, that dealt with that. And I'm going to kind of tell you guys about the theme and how I kind of took it from several inspirations. Uh, believe it or not, another, uh, another show, well, show, I can't remember the writer's name. He wrote The Killing also on AMC, but, uh, the, the writer of True Detective season one, which is perhaps my favorite television sh- season one is my favorite television show ever, uh, was inspired by a lot of these theories, conspiracy theories. And as you can see, if you're a fan of True Detective, it could be tastefully done and really, really, really be an impactful, good, like horror suspense mystery. And that's what I'm trying to go for in here. But other books that uh, came out around that time frame, The Satan Seller. This was another big book uh, that you could find um, that I've read that kind of deals with this, where they want to convince you uh, that this is um, a former high priest wrote this and talks about like uh governors and, and and people like that who are all involved and this is a big one here that uh kind of uh was touched upon a true detective called michelle remembers where it's basically uh this lady this book has been debunked by the way but this uh, lady michelle smith writes that she went to hypnotherapy and through hypnotherapy her memories were awakened and she uh remembers being part of uh being um unfortunately but she says being molested in uh 
child daycare system. And in the 80s, this was actually a big thing where a lot of child daycare systems were being accused of people for having these like like these child pornography prostitution rings or whatever run out of them. Like they didn't shut down and like mobs of people getting angry and and they've gotten vindicated since then because they weren't guilty of that. This lady was debunked. The book was debunked, but you read it and you're like, man, this is like good material for a horror game. Another book that, and this is like, it's funny because I was talking to Slavic about these books I've been reading about how like he was like, if people were to like see with these books, they get the wrong impression. I said, these are books I don't keep in my bookshelf. So I'm not worried about it, but here's uh sinister forces at Gilmore of American polit- uh, political witchcraft. It's a series of three. Uh, I got this book here to read it, to get ideas for the story. And then if you want to read two good books about just how the crazy and stupid the panic was, uh, there's Satanic Panic, The Creation of a Conspir- uh, Contemporary Legend. Really good reading right here where they talk about just how it kind of went haywire. And uh, We Believe the Children, A Moral Panic in the 1980s, where basically this kind of covers, and this one is really good. It's Richard by, uh, written by Richard Beck. And it's uh, basically about uh, how a lot of children kind of forced to lie by their parents or therapists to say that, you know, they're molested or whatever. So a lot of this stuff, though, reading it, I'm taking notes because I want, I want it to be, that's what I want to touch in the story. So what's the story about? In a nutshell, it's about a group of kids who in 1977 and Bismarck, North Dakota, uh, for one reason or another, and these are the characters or any characters who will join, uh, like a group of 10 kids or whatever, uh, we're going to a summer program slash, I don't want to say camp because it took place in the city, but a summer program for uh, kids who had uh, behavioral problems. Basically, kids got in trouble for one reason or another, <laughs> whose parents got them to join here to learn how to work with others, to be better in school. The kids had this camp counselor, or this counselor, then these kids were broken off into different groups, but this group of like 10 kids had a counselor who actually uh, had an impact on their life. She just graduated high school, was 18 years old, really there to help them out and everything. In one form or another, she impacted them. Could be that they had a crush or she taught them a lesson, but she really took time with these kids and befriended these kids who, by the way, at this time are between the ages of like 12 or 14, to teach them lessons to, 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 to adapt to the society that they're in. She ends up getting, she's engaged and she ends up, she's going to eventually get married to her husband who is going to continue to go to school at uh, Stanford and she's going to move there with them. And these kids, uh, one afternoon, because eventually they start staying late with her to help her clean up and, and stuff like that, witnessed her walking to her car and being confronted by three individuals, two guys and a lady and having an argument, uh, argument and, and it became, to where the three were shouting at her and being really imposing, invading her personal space and uh, kind of being threatening. Well, one of the three people saw this group of kids on their bikes, like 50 yards away watching, and they decided to back off and get in their car and drive off. So the 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 kids later on, like a week or two, uh, you know, they ask her what, what's going on and, and she does again. And we're going to delve into this more in the game, but she doesn't, you know, she just kind of blows it off. And a week or two later, the la- the day after the summer program ended and a couple of days before school started, the counselor's mom had a going away party for like a barbecue, you know, cookout kind of thing and invited these kids because she would always hear about these kids from her daughter. Now she was working with them. So these kids come over and have some barbecue or whatever. And while they're uh, riding their bikes off, they noticed down the block one of the figures who confronted uh, the counselor walking into the house. So one of the kids, and I don't know who yet will decide in the game, if we do decide, uh, has a harebrained idea like, hey, let's all like lie to our 
parents because you know they these are kids that are around fucking around and getting in trouble and convince them that we're having a sleepover at someone's house but let's go have go to this field that's by this highway and trucks out where kids will go to camp and drink or whatever let's go like pitch some tents there and then at night let's go give this guy some old-fashioned vandalism and to teach him a lesson for fucking with this counselor who who's important to us so when they go there, they go there, do that. And it turns out that they witnessed something that they can't remember to this day. And and they're not going to, they're not going to uh, know in character that like, they saw something horrible, but then slowly in the game, which takes place 10 years later, they're going to remember it inch by inch. Certain things are going to set them off. But all they know is a week, uh, three months after that, you know, after that night, they all just kind of went their own way, you know, see each other in school, but stopped hanging out as much or whatever. And three months later, um, she died. Uh, she uh, was murdered brutally at Stanford. They saw each other at the funeral and then they went on with their lives. And the game picks up 10 years after that and, uh, 1987, where, uh, they are, uh, for one reason or another, in one way or another, conf- uh, confronted by a, a, a reporter from New York City who is investigating the murder, even though it's a cold case at Stanford, but basically wants to talk to the kids because, uh, he would had interviewed the girl's mom and the girl's mom had mentioned how few weeks before she moved from North Dakota, how she had told her mom, these three people had confronted her, but they stopped when these kids, you know, when the kids were there and they saw the kids were there. So she kind of tells this reporter, yeah, there's these kids. The reporter does a little investigation, gets these kids names and he's going to the one-on-one to try talking to him. But also he's, he is going to try to see if he can like pay them to kind of be uh to, to work for him to where they can like look into stuff in Bismarck for him because he's writing this book to the characters. It sounds like complete garbage, but he's writing this book. He says it's going to blow people's minds and he has to travel across the country. That's where the game's going to take off. One theme in the game. I want to talk about the theme of the game. because, And I told this to the players, the, the theme to the game to me is dealing with the loss of innocence and, and, and dealing with um, almost becoming an adult. And, and I'm really inspired by Pratt. Frank Herbert's Dune or this next book that inspires this game a lot. Stephen King's It are two are, are my favorite book ever written, fictional wise. I love Stephen King's It, man. I read it first time when I was 12 in Bismarck, North Dakota, and I've read it many, many times. I mean, I'm not like re- religiously reading it, but I'll read it like once every few years now uh, because I found that that book has a different impact on me each time that I read it. For those of you who don't know, there was a 90s miniseries based off of Stephen King's It is basically a, ta- a, 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 a tale of children dealing with something evil and then having to come back as adults to the same town they grew up in and dealing with something evil and, and not having exact memories. And, 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 and the book, unlike the miniseries, where the miniseries, like the first parts of them as kids and the second parts as adults, in the book, chapters are going back and forth from adult, kid, adult, kid. And it's really impactful, man. Each time I've read it, I've had a total different perspective. I've read it when I was a, when I was a 12, a preteen. I read it when I was in my early 20s when I had no kids. I was just trying to become a man. I was reading it in my, you know, mid late 20s when I'm deployed and I had a wife. I had no kids yet. Then when I had kids and then when the kids are older and, that, and like now, you know, I, I reread it not too long ago and my, and my son's the age that I was when I read the book. And it is really like tears at you in a way because it deals, that's what it is. It deals with the loss of innocence, but also what innocence gaining that back in your life, that the innocence that children have can, can empower you. And I'm a firm believer in that. So I really, I really want to tackle subjects like this in this game. 
Adam already has an idea for a player, uh, a character who is a bartender, who's uh, like almost a rehabilitated heroin addict who uh, has dealt with that. You know, uh, that's how he dealt with just like whatever they saw that night, even though he's forgotten it. You know, the Slavic is still coming up with the character concept. So that's what I want to do with this game. I want it to be a horror conspiracy game, but I also want it to be a game where a, a player can show up one time with their character and be like, I want to delve into this character. I want to figure him out. I want to find what he remembers. Uh, and I think that World of Darkness is an awesome game that does it. I'm really, I'm really impressed with the blue book. I love it. It's awesome. People are saying, why aren't you playing second edition? Frankly, guys, I wish I could. I just um, take it one step at a time. Maybe one day I'm just, you know, reading it up and I'm gathering up and I just had this passion where I want to run these games. And, and that's what this game is going to fill in. I hope to see you guys there. If you guys have comments about any of the books that I told you about, any of the inspirations or the game itself, any questions like that, feel free to ask. I want this game to be like eerie, edgy of your seat, shocking, but not in a tasteless way. And, and almost like, a, 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 I guess, in a way, using subterfuge in a way, just like making people feel comfortable and just like touching a nerve uh, and, and being, uh, but being tasteful about it. So, uh, again, thank you for watching. I hope to see you guys there. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.